podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers, and uh, this is the Whistleblowers where you normally get 100%, and now you've got 100% plus an extra person, which is that, is that 25%? Is it 33%? It's 25%, isn't it? Four people, yeah, originally three, now... Right, there's another, There's an extra person in. Glad we established that. Why did you do it percentage-wise? Why didn't you just I go don't, straight well, for extra person? I just stuck with that. Yeah, now, now with added person. You can't have more than 100%. You know that. How many times have we been through this? Don't you give 101%? No, of course I don't. <laughs> no. I don't give it monkeys, but it's Mrs. Day who listens to it and goes, tell him you can't have 100 No. It's either, he's either unique or he's not unique. Plus and you can't also, have 100- I like to think we start at 110% because obviously that's where you're meant to start. So me and actually sticking on another quarter of whatever that might be unless it was a third <laughs> anyway um so the good news is kevin day's made his way back finally to uh, 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 uh our, our shores yeah good news for you good news all round <laughs> yeah um i'm delighted that we could get you back here after triumphant bleeding well winning on the road with a last minute edder well you wouldn't have got me back here if you told me it was east london you were recording it in yeah which well. you might as well be halifax as far as i'm concerned yeah we did we you and i had a fashionable halifax you and i had a slightly uh, odd saturday afternoon because uh as mark knows some of the listeners may not know i'm very very superstitious about Palace yes. in general away games in particular i like to be on my own i've never watched a palace away game on tv in company and yet we were forced to do bt sports scores on on no, Saturday, no, we weren't forced to do it. We we're did offered, we're, we're, we're offered money. We were offered a small amount of money to do it, in which there were nine TV screens, three of which were showing the Palace game. I got to watch you so, screw for 95 minutes, and then it all went wrong. Yeah, it's um, exciting, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a me. good day. Good day. We got to, yeah, good, good day for you. Um, it's also uh, not too shabby a day for the gentleman uh, alongside you. Mr. Mike Lee is here as well from the Spurs show. Hello, Mark. Hello, how are you all? Very now, well, now clearly, I mean, it, they, they did, and Kevin and I watched them, they did look good, and you've got to be relatively pleased with everything, I'm going to guess, apart from the Wembley experience. I quite enjoyed the Wembley experience. Did you enjoy the I Wembley did, experience? I did. Oh, it's near, near to home for me. Oh, to be quite honest. Well, there's nothing so there's there's like personalising a situation, well, is there? You know, I'm selfish. <laughs> it was easier to get to. Tottenham did play. I don't know if you saw Match of the Day 2 last night, which gives away the fact this is a Monday. Match of the Day 2 had a lovely, actually a very good piece about Middlesbrough and about their recent socio-economic plight. Right. The red car steelworks being shut down and about the importance of Premier League football coming back and giving it an identity. And then they quite clearly had one game to but, show but, last but, night, but, didn't they? But also then, absolute, <laughs> yeah. but then abs- <laughs> absolutely implying that you fancy Dan London. Good on, they ruined everything. <laughs> ruined it entirely. Not least of which, again, as we pointed out on BT, yeah. as Kevin found it, and I mean, of course, that Borough then get, how lucky are they on their, yeah. on their Premier League tour of England? Four London it's games it's, yeah. in a row pretty much now yeah. after that one. Although there, they so. did, sorry, they did have to make a rather sheepish apology at the end of the piece because it turned out that this, local historian called Gibson was the nephew of the chairman ah one eyed view on everything now it's worked out quite nicely because there's you two pomp and circumstance over that over that side it's of the a table it's a table of two halves you get, are you getting that are you getting that Andy <laughs> thanks very much ED. The, the symmetry couldn't be better could it because uh, well welcome to the cemetery because Andy Saunders of course from the Chelsea podcast of course is alongside me here as well and um 
thank God you're here because we can only. you need a whipping boy. Well, no, because uh, we can only. Oh, no, Mark's fi- that. <laughs> West, West Ham are going to be that. No, 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 no. We can only talk about three London teams per podcast. It's official. Hence your involvement this very day. And let's. And why the hell not let's start with uh, Chelsea and. Crisis, what crisis? Okay. I was going to say plight, cause just for just for a little <laughs> change of pace. Yeah, but is, is there such a thing? What where, where, where do we stand with what you got? Not least of which is I was quite impressed by the way Chelsea started in the way that in the like old school Jose style or even Ferguson style they were nicking results. I thought, oh dear me, if they're if they're winning ones when they're bad, but now they've not bother do that no more. Well, listen, I mean, look, the season is six games old. We are three points off of Arsenal and Liverpool in third and fourth, respectively. We're four points off Spurs. We are admittedly eight points off off, off Man City, but then so is pretty much everybody. Point off Palace. We've won three. We've lost two. We've drawn one. Our goal difference is plus one. You know, we've got Palace, you know, a point above us, I think, in seventh. And, you know, it, there's no crisis here. We're not, we're not losing. We're not losing the plot here. We've had two bad games against Liverpool and Arsenal two very bad games against Liverpool and Arsenal but you know we've got Hull on Saturday and a but chance to redeem ourselves Can I ask a question because it's a really fascinating one for me is that you essentially you've got the same team bar one or two that did win the, the Premier League yeah, and then the same team that were then averaged by your standards last season mm. you get this brand new manager with a really good reputation a lot of which is based on no arm waving but who made no real changes except for bringing Canty in so wh- where was the logic in suddenly expecting? Was it was that a sort of veiled insult to Mourinho? Or, but where was the logic in expecting this team that had underperformed so badly last year to suddenly perform so well this year? G- given that they're two years older, especially at, at defensively, Cahill, Terry. Well, I don't think I think you've, you've alluded to the fact that we didn't have a good summer when it comes to buying. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think the board. I mean, I think you know, uh, Conte's gone from uh, from having Bonucci and Cellini to having Louise and Cahill. You yeah. know, I mean, you can't you can only work with what you're given. I think he gave them a list of targets, and we were discussing actually before the podcast came on air that you know when you've got you know Kuli um, uh, uh, Bali coming in at sixty million pound release clause and Bonucci being quoted thirty two million at thirty two years old, and you know. It's very, very difficult to buy world-class central defenders, and we have got an ageing back four. I think Ivanovic has been brilliant for Chelsea over the years, but he's certainly coming to the to the end of his uh, life in the eyes of a lot of Chelsea fans. You know, David Luiz is going to win you a couple of the games, but lose you a few more. It's but, it's a it's a difficult thing, and I think that the, the the task for Conte is to sort the organisation out and the balance out. It's difficult. I think what's interesting about the way it's worked, and, the, and and this is where Spurs haven't had to worry about this. Indeed, indeed, Palace to a great extent is that what's happening is is, is, is showbiz manager coming in and basically everyone the, the way that people tend to look at the start of the season on this round is that, is that it's, it's, a, it's a manager off rather than individuals like Conte is going to come in and immediately by sheer dint of being there as Kevin says arguably through some of the finest arm waving ever seen on, the, on an international touchline he's just going to change things by simply being there yeah well, there's an element of that. But I there's, an ele- yeah. there's an element of that because I think the job in, in high-level premiership football these days is managing egos yeah. and being able to say, there's my medals, put your medals on the table. I mean, Conte's got a few of those himself as a player. Yeah, You've got to be able to do that. It's the days of, you know, of, of bringing in a, you know, a clogging mid-table footballer like, you know, to be, to, you know, with respect to him, Tony Pulis or something these mm. days to a club like Chelsea. It's never going to happen. But I no. think the, the difference is that Tottenham, I think, arguably already had the best squad in the Premier League last year, without a doubt. I think they had two... First 11s, basically. And I don't think any other Premier League club that had that. Palace brought in four players that were better than anybody we had. 
Chelsea haven't done that. And and yeah. what's interesting, what you say is like, so the manager can't do make but, up but, all but, of the but, shortfall. But we bought in Tompkins from West Ham for ten million quid. Why wouldn't Chelsea have somebody like that? Perfect player for you. Mm. Better than the two defence centres. Ah, better than the two central well, defenders you've not, got. It's not but, fashionable, is it? Well, that's what it is because Chelsea Chelsea fans don't want players like that. They want because I, I also think that I'm I'm not sure about N'Golo Kante because I I just yeah well, he's well, not Makélélé because for me there's a big difference between a player that can run up and down for 90 minutes for Leicester, you, you put him into a team that's supposed to be you know, competing in the Champions League, I don't think that's the sort of player you should be buying. If you're, if, you know, I don't think you can I say... I think that made se- no, absolute I don't, but, sense. No, I don't, I don't think Chelsea fans can say we don't want Tompkins, but we do want Kante. No, I, I, I have to disagree with you, Kante. I've watched Kante a lot. I think he's utterly brilliant. I, I've not seen a player since really? Makaleli read the really? space like Kante. Um, you know, I think that the problem he's got is having to defend a whole back four. Right. No, <laughs> yeah, he's covered a lot. If, if he had a, you know, if he had a really solid back four uh, behind him, then I think you'd see the real Kante. Um, you know, last year he had Morgan, he had Huth, he had, you yeah, know, he two, had a, two, two. Average centre backs were a brilliant playing, season. Playing meanwhile, out of their skin. meanwhile, yeah, gentlemen, playing meanwhile. out of their skin, yeah. and, and and you know, yeah. we, we, you know, and 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 a team spirit to you know to back that up. Mm. And I think that you know he's got a wobbly, lacking in confidence back four, and a goalkeeper that doesn't want to be there, wants to be at Real Madrid. Yeah. You know, so he's having to do the job of three or four players. I think once we sort it out and get some balance, could be Kante's a great player. I think he really is. Meanwhile, in the, in North London, first of all, how how's Lay New coming along? You you you, you must see it, mustn't you? It's, it's un- Unbelievable. I mean, really? Yeah, I went to the last the last home game, and and you, you realise how small our ground is now because it's massive. Is the space physically bigger? Where everything's there's a, there's on. A, there's, a, there's a big gap in the north stand now, sort of, and it's quite funny because where the gap is, where the building's taking place, when the game starts at White Hart Lane. As they do, all the builders stop work <laughs> yes. and start watching the game. Well, so but everyone who, wants to work Saturdays. Who's sitting right opposite them in the director's box is Levy. Oh, I'm no, sure really? Yeah. Going, do you know what this is costing Time me? Motion. Go back to work and they all just stop. And then all of a sudden, they obviously see maybe him look up and also they pretend to be busy. Scurry around a bit. It's quite yeah. funny. Are, but they, it's, are uh, they building a big running track around the ground just to make uh, it? Yeah, exactly. The club announced last week the meters between the, the front row. And the pitch, and it's it's um, half what it is at the London Stadium. Right, fair to does. give an example, they really are trying to do it where because it's white hot now that the crowd are really on you. Yeah, they're absolutely. trying to make sure it's the same atmosphere, and they made a big thing about the acoustics. Some, I, I'm not an architect, but they've done a big thing about getting it right because obviously at Wembley. Uh, Emirates and, and West Ham when, obviously when everyone's cheering great but when it's a little bit quiet you can yeah. hear the players that's what they so, so you've isn't got it? you've got White Hart Lane you know emerging from the yeah. you know from the ground you've yeah. got obviously West Ham with this marvellous Olympic Stadium Chelsea with the architect that built the bird's nest in, mm. in Beijing and then you got Sellers Park mm. you know I mean mm. what? You, I mean, what's happening with that I mean in the modern day will Sellers Park survive I mean I like oh, yeah, Sellers no, Park Sellers, I think the, the Sellers Park is one of those strange grounds we, we understand away fans don't like it no I like it we understand <laughs> I like it I we, think it's great we also understand apparently it's tricky for away fans to get to oddly it wasn't built for them it's built for us <laughs> <laughs> easy for me I'm, I can walk to it in 20 minutes I'm on the Thames I'm on the and also there are four train stations and umpteen bus routes but all the, there was talk when the new owners came in of moving to Crystal Palace the old but that, that's in the middle of a park with owned by four boroughs that was never going to happen we're staying at Sellers Park that's definite but what's what we're going to do is rebuild one stand the way Liverpool have done it by moving it back and then moving it forward but also what the owners have finally realised is we're not, we don't want to be the Arsenal of North London or the Chelsea of, of South London if you want and 
there's no point us building a 60,000 seat stadium because we won't fill it. So basically what we're doing is in five years' time, we'll have, fit, eh? we'll, yeah. have a, we'll have a stadium that holds 38,000 people, which is about right for us. But is it a um, question of filling at the right people? Because going back to West Ham, yeah. a lot of my West Ham mates who are diehard could not get a season ticket. Well, that's odd. And the argument is 20,000 diehards, so the rest are people who go, oh, it's quite cheap. Yeah, yeah we'll get a ticket. Well, that's, well, that's the interesting thing, because I know quite a few people, and what's really odd, and it's a horrible thing to say, I know accountants, I know showbiz agents that have got quite a few season tickets for West Ham, because mm. their logic is, when they've got clients coming in, yeah. oh, you want to go this yeah, way? Yeah, yeah. And that's what's happened mm. at, at West Ham. It happens at the Emirates to a, sl- to a small yeah. extent, but at West Ham, because the tickets were so cheap and they gave them away to mm. an extent, you've got a lot of people. You've probably got 10, 15,000 thousand people at West Ham who customers. were tour customers, customers but also the clients, new, <laughs> clients but also yeah. even worse you've got new West Ham fans there who weren't expecting to lose mm. two free games that's why it's empty at the end See, I, no, well, I, it's, it's, well, well I don't subscribe to that anyway I mean I don't subscribe to uh, first of all if you want to really want a ticket and, and this is a broad stroke if you really want a ticket you've got one this, you yeah, know, yeah, there was yeah, no one got no, not a season ticket, yeah, a match ticket. People yeah, did, not season. People ticket. didn't send their butlers down to get in the mm. queue, mm. you know, to get a season ticket in front of good, honest, hard-working individuals. There was a system in place to get tickets, and it was there's twenty thousand extra spaces on top of the thirty-five thousand that used to go to the to, to Upton Park. So there's going to be different people going, but the worst- plus also. How, who the hell does anyone think that they own their football club because they were lucky enough to be in a sellout stadium for X amount of years because but, we were doing okay? There was t- there were times ten years ago when it was twenty three thousand and any bugger could walk in. The worst, yeah. So no, this, this, but, I'll, I'll have none of this. The ownership of, of, yeah, no, of but, the football but, team. The worst of it was that I, I think, and I know this this podcast is sounding London centric because of the coincidence of who's on it. No, it's not a coincidence. But <laughs> I think I think. For for two years, a lot of football fans in London thought that West Ham would pull a real stroke mm. in getting this stadium and getting this marvellous. And but it turns out it's only yours on match days. Whereas we're talking about Chelsea fans getting their new stadium, Tottenham fans. Well, it's not as new it stadium. turns out. Well, to I know, be I know, but, but, it's, but it was always the deal. But yeah, but that, that didn't sort of permeate through. You know, it's going to be Tottenham Stadium every day of the week. It's going to be Chelsea Stadium every day of the week. You're renting it, and it's always going to. And it, it, it can't have been in the realms. Somebody should have said, look, whatever we do, we have to get the front row closer to the pitch, surely. Mm. There's nothing... That's, that's, you, you, yeah. you really are living What's in What's the experience like? Well, here, we've got here a, you go. You're missing... You, you, no, no, because You're living in an illusion. Right. There, there's, nothing wrong with the, there's nothing wrong with the arena around the pitch. Well, apart nothing from the wrong fact at it's all. too far away from the pitch. Listen, what's, what's too far? Well, some, no. some, some Southampton fans would go, we went too late, and we didn't even know we'd scored. They would have answered the second tier. The, the 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 space around the pitch on the seating that has been added right. since the Olympic Stadium makes and I'm three rows from the front okay. makes for a perfect little football cauldron. Okay. Right. Now I don't I have not watched it from up in the rafters, mm. and the people who watch it up in the rafters are are perhaps paying these are paying the hundred pound seats. Where do the where do the away fans sit? Because we we've got we've but, got West Ham in the in the EFL Cup to, Cup in to the, be arranged. <laughs> Because oh, right. they're working on a daily basis based on the fact they have, where they have definitely ballsed up, is that, is that the London Stadium themselves uh, have insisted on the nature in which it's policed yeah. with a small P, strangely yeah. enough. With no radios, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly, that's right, yeah. And, and so, because the policeman, obviously, 
with no radio is no policeman at all. But they changed the segregation. No, the police, the they, the, the, the um, yeah. game against Southampton, they changed the segregation. But without play, you're playing Southampton. Isn't going to kick off really with well, Southampton. Well, to be honest with you, we only played Chelsea in the League Cup a midweek game. We, we'd had a soft you know. launch. We'd had, we'd had Bournemouth anyway, and we had yeah. Watford. It, yeah, wasn't, exactly. it wasn't like we'd had some Chelsea heavy... coming. The, the heavy hit has, the heavy hitters had turned up that day for that one, no. Notwithstanding the ground then, is it an excuse for the way West Ham are playing? Well, um... No, I think that's a very good point. It's a, it's a, it's a good question, and I think the answer has to be no, based on the fact that we're playing like we did at the back end of the season mm. at Upton Park. Right. Mm. Um, the argument that it's a bigger space, I think, has to be moot, based on the fact that, of course, if it's a bigger space, it's two yards wider, mm. and. and, and I mean, but you go back, you've talked about there, Andy, about like football, you know, everyone's a season older. Wayne Rooney is the leading light in, in, in sort of apparently hitting some form of wall. Ivanovic apparently is a very good example of it as well. Is that at some point it just, it just all goes wrong for you. Um, well, Mikel Antonio is a problem. I mean, he's a great striker, but he can't. You seem to have bought a lot of players as well. Is that for the Europa Cup? I mean, Cup Kevin, Kevin asked me whether Chelsea's, you know, malaise was down to, well, he didn't say that. I kind of alluded to the fact that we had a bad summer in terms of buying. Mm. Uh, but you've got a good manager, proven manager, yeah, who's overachieved uh, at yeah. his time at West Ham. It's all gone in, down. In a very short period of time, yeah, you're right. It's all yeah. gone downhill. You've bought in the summer. Did you buy badly? Did you buy we, well? We bought to stock up for the Europe, for the Europa mm. League run. Mm. So you didn't buy quality, you bought no. quantity. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, the, we, the stadium thing's got to be a factor, isn't it? I think playing in a new stadium... We, you know, we played poorly away already this year. Yeah, yeah, we started very well last season. We've got all our points away. Yeah. Fortress Hudson Park dropped dead 10 years ago. Yeah. Really? Yeah, but, that, yeah, but everyone's really. taking points of us. But those, uh, uh, but those big games, I remember that when you beat Tottenham 1-0 midweek yeah. game last season. And for Spurs fans who dared to dream that we might have done it, that was the game I went, that's it. Whatever you were magnificent, no, no, you were no, magnificent. No, no, no. no we, we, we when we drew with you was no, the game. No, no, no. It was, it was way before Eden Hazard in the 80th minute. Way before the, the, the revenge. That's when the crowd bu- was literally the the proverbial twelve. For sure, but there's a bundle. You know, are you going to get that? Then you. I have to. I have to say. You, no, you I, are I, getting it now. I, but for the five minutes when they when they walk on the pitch and then start to stick the joint up. So unfortunately, it will be there. I have to say, as a Palace fan and as somebody who went to West Ham a lot as a broadcaster. It's one of the few stadia where the hairs on the back of your neck still went up. The, the, the two minutes before, certainly for evening games as well, two minutes before kick-off bubbles, and it must have affected the away teams. It must have. You got an, an it's, a good, it's a good stadium under the lights. It's yeah. wonderful, no, I, wonderful stadium. And it, the I, fact is... I, I, I'm enjoying this, this nostalgic trip down memory lane. Are we more, more nostalgic you, than you, though? But, is that it? Well, those old, those old yeah. first division grounds, like Selhurst Park, yeah. like, like uh, Upton Park, you know, I mean, they were those old proper... Well, Stanford yeah. Bristol great. And, and it's kind of saved its bacon. And I mean, given the fact they've been trying to get out of there for yeah. God knows how long, haven't they? I mean, probably you're happy that they've managed to balls that up every time. Or, or certainly, I suppose real estate's a bit expensive around yes. your way, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, well, you know, we did bid for, 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 you know, for Battersea Power Station. That didn't yeah. come off. And, yeah. and Earl's Court, and that didn't yeah. come off. You know, I, quite like the idea the, I quite like the idea of the floodlights being on, on, on the four chimneys. Oh, and, I mean, and, and you were inside <laughs> the actual space. With the, the, the plans that they, they drew up were like something out of Dan Dare. It was, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. It was really bizarre back in the 70s when... Yeah, forgive Grandad for saying this, but Stanford Bridge was a horrible, horrible place. Yeah, well, that had a big running pitch. But then, but, you know, but then suddenly you had that huge stand from the future that was plonked down in the middle of the worst ground in the, in the football yeah. league. Yeah. So for for a, a long time you had that, and then suddenly the we, were, we were a greyhound stadium for many yeah, years. Yeah. You, had a, you had a lovely view of the wooden seats. Oh, I saw from there as well. Yeah. Um, 
Meanwhile, we should discuss the fact that the, the ones that seem to be getting right, and this this is back to manager power, is, is Man City. I, now, I quite enjoy the fact that Brendan Rodgers has, um, has obviously decided that he's going to take a part in this. Um, it's a wonderful moment, in which apparently he wrote a letter to uh, Raheem Sterling. Um, now, Raheem Sterling's of an age when... Well, he wouldn't know actually what a letter was. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what. He doesn't know what. What's he doesn't, he, in my letterbox? He doesn't, the letterbox? No, he doesn't know what that slit in the door yeah. is either. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's got that, his, no his, concept. His letterbox is on his computer, man. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's not, right. it's not on his front door. Is it? it's, it's, <laughs> what, what, do they, what goes in that hole? What, why haven't they got a brick they can put in there? But uh, he did say he's back to the level he was with me, uh, which is a lot. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, to be honest, I, I, I did somewhat isolate that sentence for comedy purposes. But and he did go and say he's a he's, he said he's a casual boy and wonderful young man. So he, he summed it all up in that sense there. But we are talking about here. You know, we we talk about the, the cult of personality which exists certainly in terms of the other. Uh, you know, Klopp season in Pochettino. I think some avoids because he's very clever at just being that kind of guy. But Guardiola. Are you surprised how well he has immediately stamped his authority on this team? Well, I mean, they 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 started really well last season and won their first how many games? Yeah, Last season at this stage, they were odds on with the bookmakers to win the league, as they are this season. That two to one on already. So they got a big well, I say big test, big test for us more. Sunday we're playing them. It's yes, you are, which is why I thought I'd ask you. We beat yeah. them last season a year ago, four one, which was that started our good run last season. So it'll be int- I think after Sunday we you can are go, a proper test. They for really them, aren't you? are good. Yeah, I, I think I think Spurs are a proper test. De Bruyne being out for yeah. you know yeah, he's a massive help. player. Of the yeah. There's a couple of things you'll always know about Man you know, uh, Man City is Aguero is going to be out for three yeah. months this season yeah. with with a <laughs> hamstring injury. Yeah. You know he's been absolutely blinding. You know this you season can, you can see his hamstrings throbbing from Preston oh, he, he carries they them are, like, that kind of muscle on him yeah. it's like yeah he carries them around in a suitcase like yeah. nuclear yeah. codes <laughs> you know, exactly yeah slots God, them in Guardiola is, I mean it's, it, this season's brilliant because like you say the cult of personality with Klopp Conte Guardiola Mourinho all these people that's fantastic Wenger to an extent or, you know, and then you've still got people like Pulis and Pardew underneath that but Guardiola has inherited a better group of players than anybody else has well, and he's also spent a lot of and he's spent a lot of money and the fact is that Guardiola's got the same sort of charisma about him now that Mourinho had when he first came in and Mourinho's been not he hasn't been seen through but Mourinho's magic if you like has worn off a little bit because we've seen what he can do when he's inherited average players you know and, and everyone's going oh he dropped Rooney he's a genius but there are still moments when Leicester could have scored first 20 minutes of that game mm. on Saturday Leicester were a better team Guardiola He's having a brilliant honeymoon period. What Guardiola will do, which Mourinho won't do, is Guardiola will disappear after two years. Man City will probably win the championship, the Premier League. Jose probably years. likes United as yeah. his swan song, doesn't and, he? And Guardiola, yeah. but there will come a moment when there's a, an unexpected defeat to a Burnley or Tottenham will beat them all. And Trust also, us, Kevin. This is exactly you know, what Andy and I are waiting for. Is everyone's yeah, it, everyone's you know, dip. He, he got away with Bravo's first game, and, and Guardiola says the, the right things, but he's. It's still a very, very different league to manage in. And, and it, the intensity with which his team plays, I think, is impossible to keep up 
throughout the season. It's I, still, people are talking about he's won his first 10 games. Yeah, he has, but that includes EFL games and, and Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think you've actually hit the nail yeah. on the head. The other thing about Guardiola is the mask hasn't slipped yet. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Mourinho yeah. has, has shown the dark side yeah. of, you know, last season when he just blamed everybody but himself. Yeah, and, always, yeah. you know, in fact, in that three in a row that he lost this season, he blamed everybody but yeah, himself. And Einstein's people have started to think, yeah, well, yeah. maybe you're not quite a genius you were. Guardiola's still managed to, to not let that mask slip. Yeah. Let's see when he loses three in a row. Yeah. See how he reacts to the pressure because I'll, he never had it at Barcelona. He never had it at Bayern Munich, yeah. and he hasn't had it yet. Let's see what happens when that and happens. The, the, and the I've press, got to say, the, the press are still on his side, and I know at Barcelona and Bayern Munich the press operate on a certain different level. But he still knows that if he lost with Bayern Munich, he lost with Barcelona, he'd lose once in a row. I, I, without looking at the, the figures, I'm guessing that Barcelona never lost two, three in a row. No. And I'm sure Bar- and Bayern Munich. But, I, but that will happen with C because he will have to, even that squad, he will have to manage when it comes to January, when it comes to Champions League. No, of course he's got all that job, which yeah. includes technically, obviously, Yaya Toure. And, and there's and it's another little thing that he's chucked in there into the mix. Yeah, that was odd. Know, well, odd or smart no, or odd. cute. Or, oh, I agree, I'll go with that. Yeah. But where would you go? Right? Do, do, uh, he's basically he's, he's called the agent out, and yeah. it's like this: he's gone for an, enough is enough kind of moment. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be sort of like, you know, yeah, go on, more power to your pet. Yeah, but any you know any new manager that comes in does that. I mean, you know, do they? But we just well, well every, we just don't not, know not it in that way. But everyone will come in and, and look at some of the old guard and go for every reason. I don't like. I'm putting my marker down. I'm the I'm the I, man. I, I used to here. manage my son's you know, under fifteen yeah. football team. Right? Imagine if one of the dads went. Well, he's not playing my son. And I went until your dad apologises well, to me. You're not getting in the team. <laughs> if, <that's laughs> said, if that sentence is finished and one of them has Yaya Toure as his agent. <laughs> but you know, and but, this but, is the perfect moment, but Andy. Mike's, Mike's absolutely right, because what Guardiola's done is pick his target. To That's what I'm talking about, to, yeah. To, to an extent, it's a smart move, But to an extent, it? Pardew did it with us this year with Jedinak, because Pardew, yeah. he, the way he works, Pardew will pick out the players that the fans love, right? Because he, he needs to prove that he's the alpha male. He'll pick out the players the fans love. He'll find the one that's least effective that the fans will go, all right, he's at his time. And that's what he did with Jednak. He's like, and he, he publicly stripped him of the captaincy, which was terrible. He got rid of him, which we didn't like. But it turns out he was right because he brought in better players. Guardiola wouldn't do what he did with, with Toure, with, with De Bruyne. No, or with or with Aguero no. or with Raheem yeah, but, Sterling. The, but then so again, he, he, no, he wouldn't have done. No, he's no. not picked a player. The player, no, he is has. Fa- no, 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 he hasn't no. picked a player. The player has effectively picked himself by he, being he, the he, way he is and the agent that he's Guardi- got. Guardiola the moment would, the sitch has sorted it out, Guardiola this, this would, all goes back. Guardiola would look around and found somebody to do that. Yeah. No, 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 Yaya Toure is the birthday cat. I'm going to say this all this all goes back to when they did when they didn't get him a Bugatti. Toure doesn't get in that team, does he? No, which is why he's near that team. But but he's got an agent. Agents who is basically calling him out. The other guys, it's, it's a, and, and, and Mike, it's back to the point you were making. It happens all the time, but of course, it's behind closed doors. This exactly. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. And and so and and who knows how? How many hamstrings haven't been hamstrings? Of course. Well, Mourinho, I mean, we talked about this with Joey Barton the other week. We had it with Mourinho. I mean, look at the players that Mourinho binned out of Chelsea: mm. Lukaku, De Bruyne. You know, players that so had so-called attitude problems mm. that Mourinho said, "I can't work with these players. They're gone." I mean, what wouldn't Chelsea give for De Bruyne now or Lukaku? In that, mm. you know, to, you've, you've got, got Victor, you've funny got, that you've got Victor Moses back. <laughs> hey, Victor Moses is doing well. Yeah, I mean, we haven't got a problem with Victor Moses. I know he's a great player, but, but why was he not picked in the first place? Well, so he had to make this tour of the country. I know, I know. Yeah, and he's come back, and we've. 
thought actually it's quite good. Why don't and we have John, him John Terry's going to get back in. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Pardew, Kev. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, last year he was a disaster. I mean, he was an absolute disaster. Uh, what, what's changed? I mean, I know uh, he's bought a load of players. Why, why do you now love him again? Uh, no, we don't love him again. He'll never. <laughs> the, 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 the fact is, Pardew, the jury remains out. Pardew's never quite worked that out. We don't love him any more than any other club. We respect him, and he was a legend at Palace because he wasn't a very good player who lucked out and scored in the semi-final. He's he's part of the pantheon. But he's a very hard man to love. He's very difficult by his demeanour. You know, he, you know, he told Palace fans off for, for chanting to Mark Hughes he'd being sacked in the morning, forgetting that Mark Hughes scored a goal against us in the FA Cup final, blah, blah, blah. He's, he's a very hard man to love. What's changed is the end of last season, we were very poor. The FA Cup run masked it. Everybody kept saying there's no plan B, but he's changed the way we play football entirely. Now, whether that's come from the Americans, the, the new owners, it's just quite possible whether it's come from Steve Parrish, who the season ticket sales had halted because our home form was so poor. But whatever he's done and he's brought new players in, Mandanda, for example, is a classic example. Because I don't know whether he's brought Mandanda in because he wanted to play more passing football or he's playing more passing. But Mandanda doesn't kick it. He doesn't hoof it. Our, our, our plan A, under Pardew and every other manager we've had in the Premier League, is to win the ball, get it to Zahar Balassi as quickly as possible. Now, we're playing really good passing football. It doesn't always work, but it's completely changed the way we play football. And for the first time in Pardew's career, he's arrested a slump because the pattern's always been, comes in, starts well, mm. players love him, rest of the people... That's, his, that's his rhythm, and then, isn't and it, then that's it. And for yeah. the first time in his career, he's, he's halted that. And, but I think the secret is... We've done what Sunderland haven't done, what West Brom haven't done. We've spent money on quality players. As and simple as that. Yeah, playing the lovely football, I mean, obviously that's lovely. That's it's, lovely to it's watch. It's better football. Okay, yeah, it's, but, it's, but what, what happens if, if teams work that out? They start putting men behind the ball, and, and will you get, get frustrated and stay lump it up to well, Zahar again? I, I, it, that may be the case, but at least we've got different ways of playing football now. Whereas before we only had the lump it to Zahar right. type of football. Okay, now we've got different type. We've brought in better footballers. We've brought in players that. Are, Established Premier League footballers, we people like Tomkins, Townsend. You know, you compare that to the people that Sunderland have bought in players for Celtic, players from Austria, the sort of players that we would have bought three years ago. You, and I we, mean, you were waxing lyrical about Tomkins earlier. Tomkins isn't that good, is he? I mean, oh, you had for him for us, years. no, for us. For, did you? Do you like? Did you like him? Uh, with with the love to have him now, given the fact that there was a shortage, but like he was the expendable one. Ironically I'd, enough, I'd, I'd, I look at Chelsea. You look at Chelsea's back for the David Luiz thing. For me, is a complete mystery. Cahill. Well, most suddenly, of us wanted to play midfield, mate. Well, yeah. that's everybody's. But yeah. Yeah, John Terry's still playing at his advanced age. Palace fans can't understand why Scott Dan's not in the England squad because, as far as I'm concerned, he's the best Premier the Premier League centre back at the moment. But what we've done is bought covering. Well, we had a half decent Premier League team last year, but the bench was terrible. Now we've got a half decent Premier League team with some Premier League players. But that, do come back to that Chelsea thing. Any new manager, it's the same as Wenger, is always blinking about his defence, his centre-backs. He brings in midfielders, he brings in strikers. Surely everybody looks at that Chelsea back forward and said it needs refreshing. We all, all of them, not, not not just one of them, but every single one of them. Maybe Aspel are quite accepted. Oh, Can you know, we get out of the, that Alboras here? And on the, that the note, quadrant, the quadrant. Yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the interesting point because, of course, what we did see, which is... We, we, which was as timely as you could possibly get his Wenger turn on, you know, get his team out there and, and turn on the performance, which I think would have to have surprised everybody because it, it was with the same fellas. And then suddenly you saw a lot of pundits and, and journalists sc- scurrying around to try and find a decent reason why suddenly this is a brand, this is an arsehole that no one's seen for ages. I had to admit, it's one fixture I can never watch. Yeah, okay. Arsenal v Chelsea for Spurs fans. Funny that, isn't it? Just go, yeah. I, I can't but watch it. So but I didn't see it. But quietly, like though, Germany, Argentina, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
but you want them both but, to lose. But there's yeah, it's, right. there's no fundamental reason that what he that he that, that what he's got there he can't get it right with though, is there? It's consistency. Mm, you yeah, know yeah. that they can't sustain it. Yeah. You know that they are the exploding clown. I car. enjoy the you know. They I are, enjoy a good you no, know. But, no. but you know, you know, they are they are the exploding clown car of the Premiership. Yeah. The wheels will fall off. Uh, a journalist made a really good point yesterday. Mert is driving. Yeah. Exactly. There was a journalist who made a really good point yesterday, and everyone enjoyed watching that. You know, present company accepted. Everyone knows Arsenal have got that in them. Everyone knows. Yeah, we all say this. If I had to pay money to watch a, a Premier League team, it would be Arsenal. As long as I was guaranteed that I'm getting the Arsenal that played on. But this show has made a really good point. You never see Arsenal doing that in February, March, April. Of course you don't. When they have to do it. Well, we, we, when well, the push comes to shove, they, they said he like, hasn't had, arrived yet. No, no, but he said, no, but it's based on previous experience. He said every no, season, true. every season, Arsenal will have three or four of those, and and, and every season, it, it gives Wenger another couple of months. He said, mm. but they never do it when push comes. First time. And what first they can't time. do is scrape out the one 0 win. On, if that, that, yeah. on that note, yeah. then, is, except in saying that, we were talking earlier about David Moyes and obviously the way that he's, you know, the way he's decided damage, damage limitation is to say that um, any points this season will be good. He's he's gone in there. He's gone in there, bold as brass, to basically say something under a dead dog. It's amazing approach to his football. Mark Hughes obviously looks like the. the that's the old Mark Hughes that we've known and loved yes, over the years. Right. That yeah. face of thunder yeah. on the touchline. <laughs> is this? Is there any shape to the to the league at the moment, Mike? That makes sense to you in terms of who may be top, maybe bottom? Well, I mean, going bottom. I mean, you know, I've seen we played Sunderland Stoke this season. Yeah, both were awful. Really, really yeah. awful. You know, so I, at the moment it's them two and and, and one other. They do present uh, maybe themselves. A hole, you know, although they started Stoke, well. Stoke will stay up. Mark you think Hughes. So? Mark Hughes is. I think he's. You, been you found talk out about now. you talk about Alan Pardew being difficult down. to like. I mean, as a Chelsea fan, Mark uh, Hughes it, is very difficult it, to like. He, you know? he is, but you know, you know, he's got. He gives they, you nothing to work with, does he? <laughs> but he has bought decent players in. They'll they'll stick by him and they'll bring players in in, in January. Stunned under a basket case, and that's. Partly yeah. cultural. That's partly to do with the chairman in previous years, not necessarily Moyes. Because you do wonder, Moyes must be a good manager. He did a fantastic job at Everton. So you do wonder about that. You look at, I mean, Hull uh, started well enough. Borough started well enough. But they're championship teams. Mm. Burnley is the same. They haven't spent enough money on, on players. They're going to be the teams that are struggling yeah. down but, the bottom. I don't think Stoke will with Sunderland, unless Sunderland spend a lot of money. And, and also, I think we should. What thing we haven't? We should express a little bit of sympathy for Sunderland. They lost Allardyce unexpectedly because I don't mm. Allardyce. Yeah, they bring David Moyes, who was a heavy hitter. <laughs> but after two disastrous experiences, well, that's, granted, that's, but that's, he still meant to be a manager they, of merit. They, they, they busted flush. But ah. they, well, yeah, also, but they bring him in, but don't allow him to bring players in. That he went, and three of the players that Allardyce brought in in January went back to their clubs. Well, that's that's Mike Feeney yeah. who basically get, who got offered the job at Hull and said, "Great, I've been after this job at Hull, but before I say yes, any chance of more than three quid to buy some bloody footballers?" Yeah. Which is uh, can I have more than thirteen players? Exactly, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Now, before we go, lads, uh, I'm, I'm, we really here we are pottering around, you know, with our self obsessed nature, worrying about our football teams. But the great news is that football has been fixed on a social level. I don't know if you if you saw the story, uh, but um, the, it has now been announced that the FIFA anti uh, racism task force has completely fulfilled its mission and has now been disbanded. Job wow. done. 
Because I was worried for a while that there might still be a little so they, bit they, of racism. They fixed racism. It's yes. gone. I never, I never there's a task force in the first place. Well, right. well, well, this is, <laughs> but then aren't they the best task force, Mike? Yeah. The yeah. ones you don't know about. Do their are there? job quietly. Exactly, yeah. that's right. Under we, the radar. We're giving them a hard time, FIFA, but, you know, that's off. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, I feel free to, to, to walk the streets of football the trouble is again they, safely now. It sounds funny, but they pretty much did use that phrase, we have fixed racism. Mm. And also what it implies is that two years before the World I Cup I prefer the fact that actually used the phrase fulfilled its mission, yeah, which is so much but, more grandiose. When do you play Seska Moscow? This week? Well, well, exactly. They okay. are tomorrow, tomorrow night, yeah. Let's, let's have this discussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. After the Spurs oh, no, well, fans. No, FIFA will say that's UEFA. Right. Well, funny enough. But what you've got is two years before the World Cup in Russia, you haven't got any volunteers who want to go to Russia. There's a story about how apparently all the hooligans that went to France for the World Cup were called into their local police stations and and given a stern talking to about their future conduct. Yeah. Did you hear this story? See, I like, like in in Ealing films, where the policeman goes down and puts the boy in the the, the stand, (laughs) puts him in a cell for an hour, showing what it could be like. Yeah, or or you, Sonny. Put Uh, your balaclava and your knuckle dusters. (laughs) That's right, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Keep the flag, wrap yourself in that. Mr. Asasu Obiawana uh, is a member of the task force, a, among many other things, a lawyer. And he said, uh, uh, and you'd like to think that he was walking away, head held high, and possibly with a medal on. No, I wish I could say I was shocked, he said, <laughs> as, as, he, as he was thrown out of a building he didn't know existed, having never met anybody senior that employed him, and says that Russia 2018 is a burning issue. It may not be as quite as fixed as we all possibly well, yeah, think. We, we, we criticise. It might be we, cynical. We criticise FIFA, but they've got rid of corruption and racism. It's yeah. true. In the space in of six months. short months, so yeah. you know, fair play to them. That was a very yeah. clever trick with the, the yeah. corruption. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's certainly the easiest way to do it is just by sacking every member of FIFA. So well, how, are they, how are they doing on world peace? Are they right. anywhere near that? I, I have actually. The Russian, ironically, the Russians are putting that back a little bit. Yeah. You know. <laughs> now, well, they're doing world peace on Wednesday in the morning. Yeah. They've, got the, they've got the Middle East crisis in the afternoon. Yeah, and they've got so, the draw for the Europa League <laughs> yeah. uh, in the afternoon. No, actually, UEFA. How many more times have we Next on the agenda is the UEFA. UEFA is still racist as anything. Yeah. They're, still, they're still corrupt. It's FIFA that has sorted themselves out. Or are, are, or, or are they? Or is the, or is, no, the, is, a, the no, is the dark task force of FIFA also inside there, very quietly getting yeah. on with its job? We can all but only hope so. As indeed, one half of the table hoping that things get better, and the other half of the table <laughs> thing hope that things carry on as the way they are. Such is life. That was the whistleblowers. Sports Social Podcast Network.